Last week, I was reminded of a story that I decided I needed to read again. One that I, I have struggled with at times. It's one of those things that, like Arsenio Hall used to say, it was those things that make you go, hmm. You know, it's a story of Jesus found in Matthew 15 that I've always just tried to understand. I mean, there are things that, that Jesus does and says here that, that seem to be a little bit out of character for who we know Jesus to be. And so I began to ask, what in the world can we learn from this strange passage of Scripture? And it's there in Matthew chapter 15. Uh, Jesus has just dealt with the Pharisees and the elders and then their scribes and their traditions. He's uh, talked to the disciples about where defilement really comes from. And then we pick up there in Matthew 15, starting in verse 21. And it says, When Jesus left there, he withdrew to the area of Tyre and Sidon. Just then a Canaanite woman from that region came and kept crying out, Have mercy on me, Lord, son of David! My daughter is cruelly tormented by a demon. Yet, he did not say a word to her. So his disciples approached him and urged him, Send her away, because she cries out after us. And he replied, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. But she came and knelt before him and said, Lord, help me! And he answered, It isn't right to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. Yes, Lord, she said, but yet even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. Then Jesus replied to her, Woman, your faith is great. Let it be done for you as you want. And from that moment, her daughter was cured. Would you pray with me? Father God, we come to you right now and we thank you. We praise you for your blessings. Father, we ask right now that you would take this time and use it for your glory. Father, we ask that you would use me as a vessel and the words that I speak be yours and yours alone. Father, we thank you and we praise you. And we ask all these things in the name of Jesus. All God's people say. You see what I mean by trouble? Imagine yourself in the place of this woman. You carried this girl in your womb for nine months. She grew within you. You gave birth to her. You fed her. You clothed her. You've done special things with her, like all parents do with their children. You go and you have special times and you do the things that families do. And now she is sick. Now, she's probably been sick before. You know, she's had colds. She's had things like that. She, she's been probably with the doctor. But this was different. She's vexed by a devil. She's vexed by a demon. And you know, you know mothers, right? There's no end to what they'll do for their children. She's probably exhausted all of her possibilities. She has gone to probably doctors, to psychiatrists that they might have had back then. She's gone to witch doctors and nothing has helped. She's been able to find absolutely no way to get her daughter taken care of. But then she heard that he was coming to town. That teacher, that rabbi, that Jesus, he'd done great things. He had fed great multitudes. He had, he had done all these amazing things that she had heard about. And she could just get to him, but... but but she's just a Canaanite. She, she's just a Gentile. But I've got to try. It's my baby. I've, I've got to try. I've got to try. And she came to Jesus crying out, Have mercy on me, Lord! The Greek here speaks of this guttural cry. 
This cry from the very pits of, 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 of who you are. From the, from the seat of emotion. This idea of a continuous crying out. So she is going behind him. And although it just shows one time her saying, Have mercy on me. My daughter is cruelly tormented. She is following along. And she is crying out with all that she has. Have mercy. Have mercy. And I have a feeling tears are streaming down her face. She knows that this man Jesus is her last hope. I don't know what else I'm going to do. If he doesn't answer, if he doesn't give me what I need, if he doesn't do this, it's over. I'm finished. And then what Jesus does is amazing. He does not. He says it. He keeps walking. Um, the same Jesus that, that we read about having compassion and, 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 and going up to people and, and asking if they want to be healed and all of the things we read there. Just keep walking. She comes to him seeking help and she got silence. You know, sometimes God answers our prayers with a yes. Sometimes God slams the door and answers our prayers with a no. Sometimes he even says, just, just wait and, and I'll give you what you need. But sometimes we seem to get silence. What do you do when the answer is silence? What do you do when, when God doesn't seem to speak? Do you go, is it a no? Do you go, do I wait? How do we know the difference? When do we know how to quit praying? Well, let's take our cue from this lady. When God is silent, we must not give up asking Him for our prayers. She never quit. He came into town and she fallen through. Can you imagine the scene? She never quit. Man, Jesus walks in one in the town and she's waiting on him. She's ready for him to be there. And she is crying out. She's probably standing outside town. She's probably way out there at the ceiling of sign going, Jesus! And she just keeps on. And she just keeps screaming. And she just keeps yelling. And she just keeps moaning. And she just keeps calling out. She never quits. She persists in crying out to God. She doesn't give up. How often do we give up on our prayers when they're not answered quickly? Well, I didn't get the answer, so I'm just done. How often do we do that? Or how often do we say, well, let me search for another way to get my way. Rather than waiting, rather than seeing what God's going to do, rather than banging on heaven's door, we sit there and we just go, we need to be like the Canaanite woman. We need to be like this woman who never gives up asking for our prayers from God. We need to be able to go to God and say, God, I know that you love me. The Bible tells us that. That's not a popular point today, but the Bible tells me that Jesus loves me. The song tells me that too. But I know that he loves me. And I know that if he loves me and he is my father, then I know that he wants what's best for me because no parent wants what's worse for their child. Every parent wants their children to be blessed. We want our children to have everything. We want them to have the things that we didn't have. We want them to be healthy. We want them, honestly, to be wealthy. We want them to be wise. We want them to have everything that they can ever ask for. God wants the best 
for us. And so we shouldn't have any problem going to God and saying, God, please, please, and continue on just talking to God until He gives you an answer. It may not be an answer you like, but God will eventually answer. How many of you have ever dealt with a three-year-old? I mean, you know, the same question over and over and over again. It's why, it's can I, it's, it's you know, it doesn't change much I know as we get older, right? At eight years old, it's continually about can I play this, can I play this, can I play this? It's the same question, and they have no problem asking. Why? Because they know we love them. They know that it's safe. They know that they can come to us over and over and over again. And we may want to pull our hair out, but we're never going to stop loving them. And so when we have a time when we feel like God is silent, just keep on asking. Keep on talking to God and saying, God, are you hearing me? God, can you listen to me? God, can you do this? Because we have to be able to do that. We have to continue going because there's a certain reason why. Because sometimes others will stand against our prayer and seek to keep us from God. The disciples, we put on a pedestal sometimes. They were these guys that, that Jesus picked, man. They're the apostles. They spread the church. Do you read them in this story? Jesus, she's annoying us. Tell her to go away. Jesus, get rid of her. Jesus, we don't need her here. You, you get the feeling that they've already tried to send her away, and now they just want her gone. The disciples were very Jewish in their thought because they were Jewish. Jesus is a rabbi. When Jesus is walking through town, he can't, he can't touch things that are unclean. She's unclean. So when she starts crying out, I, I, I get this picture in my head of the disciples forming a wall. They're the bouncers. Get away. Get away. Get away. So she's screaming all the whole Because these disciples want her to go away. Leave him alone. These are such discouraging voices aimed at someone who was seeking out her last hope. We have those people in our lives. People who will look at us and say, just give up. You're asking for too much. God doesn't do that. God won't do that. God won't act in that way. He isn't answering, so it's probably no. They'll tempt you to quit having faith. They want her to just walk away. Don't worry about it. You're not going to get your prayer answered. Just get on. And so they finally, the point, they just said, Jesus, tell her to go away. But she never gave up. She doesn't listen to the negative people in her path. She keeps right on crying out to Jesus. And then Jesus answers the disciples and he still sounds very cold, right? Well, I was only sent to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. What? But to understand what Jesus is saying here, we have to look at our context. Jesus says, I was only sent to the lost sheep. But then she came up and knelt before him. She said, I'm going to get in your way, Jesus. And you were going to answer me one way or the other because I need an answer. And he says to her, the most cringe-worthy thing probably ever in, in history. In all of Scripture. Because you go, what? He says, it isn't right to take the children's bread 
and throw it to the dogs. Now, so I wasn't backing up. chapter 15, the Pharisees are coming in and going, why don't your disciples wash their hands before they come to me? And Jesus tells them, y'all misunderstand what's going on here. And he gives them this big old long thing. I don't want to go into a second sermon. So. And then he has the disciples who have their lack of understanding. And they're going, well, um, what, do, do you know that the Pharisees took offense when they heard that? And he was like, you know what? It's not what goes into, uh, it's what comes out. And they're still misunderstanding. So he's dealing with that it's the Pharisees and the scribes, and he's dealing with the disciples' lack of understanding. So his actions here and the things that he says, he's doing for the sake of those watching. He treats this woman in the way Israel would treat a Gentile. So if we learn nothing else from this encounter, we have to learn this. We cannot treat those outside of God's flock worse than those inside God's flock. First, he ignores her. He doesn't say anything at all. Then he says, I'm not here for you. I'm only here for the lost sheep of Israel. And then she cries out again. And then he says, huh, I can't give the children's bread to the dogs. Is Israel, the Jewish people, they often call Gentiles dogs. Um, today, dogs are what? Man's best friend. Back then, they were mostly wild dogs. They were, they were scavengers. They were lazy. In Jewish eyes, they were as low as pigs. So, you couldn't get much worse. But the word Jesus uses here isn't the word for dog used by Jewish people for Gentiles. The word Jesus uses here isn't the word for wild dog at all. It's the word for lap dog. For pet dog. Israel and the disciples didn't get it. They were puzzling and arguing over the wrong things. But here he called Israel lost sheep. But the Canaanite woman he called a pet dog. Which is which is worse? <laughs> I mean, sheep belong to the owner, but typically, for the most part, they don't sleep in the house. Israel is the lost sheep. The Canaanite woman is the, the pet dog. Jesus was saying... You don't get it. She's as much mine as you are. She belongs here of, regardless of, of what your rules. You know, and we see what happens here. We see her response. We learn something. We have to have the correct attitude towards the blessings of God. Jesus makes that comment and it gets the 
a hair on the back of my neck stand up when I hear that. Man, can you imagine being that woman and Jesus says that? You call me a dog? Well, what she says is remarkable. What she says to me is amazing. Yeah, but even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. She was fine with being a dog in the house. Because even dogs get the crumbs. In this moment, she's understanding the truth from the Old Testament that the Pharisees and the disciples have missed. God always said from the very beginning of the nation of Israel that the entire world would be blessed because of them. They were always supposed to be blessing those around them. Gentiles were always supposed to get a residual blessing from that blessing that was coming into Israel. They were always supposed to get that. Notice two things about it. First, she recognized that she had a master. A master takes care of you. A master meets your needs. A master makes sure that you are loved. And second, she recognized that all she needed was the crops. She didn't ask for the meal. Let Israel keep their precious meat. Give me the scraps. Give me what's left over. Give me what falls off the table. I don't need what's theirs. member that I ever had. So her sister was 101 or turned 101 while I was there. She came home, her, her son that I was talking about brought her home and she passed away in Israel like 106. So he brought her back and he came to my house one day in the parsonage. He sat there again talking with me. And he asked me if I believed this, 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 and this. Something about something he'd learned in Israel. I was like, well, I don't know if I go that way. This is a ploy that a lot of people who think they know everything at the Bible use. Well, if you don't believe this, you're going to be in trouble when you get there. Because you're just going to be a stable boy in heaven. Hallelujah, I'll take me a stable boy in heaven. You know? And that's what I told him. He looked at me and I was like, I don't need the rest of it. I just need the blessing that God has for me. I don't need somebody else's blessing. If God wants to give them a brand new Lamborghini, let them give it to him. I don't want a Lamborghini. My family won't fit in it. He can bust me with a minivan or a four-door truck or anything else, but a Lamborghini somebody else can have. I don't need somebody else's blessing. I don't need those things. And she was sitting there going, that's fine, Jesus. They can have it. You can come. You can feed. You can just feed the sheep. Just let me have the false opportunity. You can give it all to them. You can do everything you want for them. And I don't care. Just give me what's left over. I want what they don't want. Oh, how telling is that? Israel is about to reject Jesus. They're about to nail him to a cross. And she says, you know what? I'll just take the cross. We need to recognize that we have a master. We don't need our addictions because we have a master. We can quit looking for love in all the wrong places because we have a master. We don't need others to tell us nice 
I have a master. I don't need to be popular and famous. I have a master. If you call me a house dog, I'm all right with that. I have no problems with that. But if I'm a house dog, then I have a master, and you, Jesus, are my master. That is where we need to be. You and I need to realize we are worth something, not because of who we know on this earth, but because of who we know in heaven. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you are on a first name basis with the governor and he calls you every day. Who cares? I know Jesus. And I know what's going to happen when this world's over. And nothing else matters. There's nothing else more important. We have to realize that. We have to realize that the crumbs are good enough for us. He has all the power. He has everything. His crumbs are better than everybody else's dinner. I mean, he's going to give you. We need to be like this woman. Lord, just your crumbs alone will satisfy me. Just a little morsel from your hand will give me more than I ever needed. Just a little touch from you will make me whole. Just a little word from you will soothe my aching soul. Just a move in your spirit will change my life. Just your crumbs, oh Lord, will satisfy me. All I need is what you want to give me. Nothing else. I don't care. You can bless everyone else greater than you bless me. Just bless me, Jesus. That's the woman here. That's where she's at. I don't need their stuff. I don't need any of that. I don't need riches. I don't need wealth. I don't even need you to love me, Jesus. I just want you to love my daughter. That's what I want. Just hear me. Just hear me. Just give me this little bit. And Jesus looked at her and went, Woman, your faith is great. Let it be done for you as you want. Doesn't say me. Let it be done for you as you want. I'm giving you your desires because your faith is so strong. Because your faith is greater than all these silly people around me. I'm going to give you this. And he answered her prayers in spite of what Israel thought. The Pharisees walking around with their robes and their phylacteries on their head, judging everybody. The disciples trying to shush her away. And Jesus says, you know what? You're completely right. Your faith is great. Imagine what that did in those people's heads. The disciples, what? But, but, but Jesus, but she's a Gentile. So? I know I for one am glad that Jesus chose to let the dogs in. Because I'm a Gentile. Saved by faith. And I don't need the blessings of someone else. I don't need the blessings of Israel. I just want God to bless me for what He has for me. One of the hardest things to teach your children is what? I don't have to give the same thing to you that I give to your sibling. It doesn't mean I love you less. It means the blessing I have for you and the way that you're going to react to that is different than the way they're going to react to it. If I brought Shiloh home a doll, he might not like that. But Michael will absolutely love it. Our blessings are different. And God wants to give you a blessing that's different than people around you. He doesn't want you to have the same blessing. What would that do? If we all had the exact same blessing and the exact same stuff all the time, what would we bring to the table? Have you ever tried to, to go out and have a good time with somebody who was just like you? It's the most boring thing in the world. 
Because there's no differences. What conversation can you have if you both think the same way all the time? I mean, you know. It, it, it may be cool if you're twins and you finish each other's sentences, but I, I want somebody who's different around. We need to talk. We need to have different blessings. God can't give us all the same thing. If he did, we wouldn't be the body. The eye doesn't have the same blessing as the finger. And some of us are blind. Our eyes are pretty bad. You don't want my eye blessing. Maybe this morning you have been railing at God and just feeling like you got silence. Don't give up. Keep knocking. Keep asking. God will answer. He doesn't he turn a deaf ear to his children. He may seem like it sometimes. There are times that my kids think I'm not listening to them. Because if I hear about a certain DLC character one more time, my head's going to explode. But I've heard about it. And I know what he wants. Jesus is the same one. It may feel like silence, but I guarantee you he's here. And the answer's on the way. Maybe this morning. Maybe you've had a hard time looking at people who aren't in the body of Christ the same way as you look at believers. Because, well, they don't even really go to church. Well, you know what? We don't always go to church, do we? There are times that we are here. We can't look at those outside the body in a harsher light than we look at those inside the body. Do you want to know the truth? Here's a second sermon. I said I wasn't going to give one, to give one anyway. It should be the opposite. We should look at those inside the body with a harsher light than we look at those outside the body. Because those inside the body have the knowledge and have the grace, and those outside don't have it. They still need it. So if we're looking at people outside the church in, 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 a, in a harsher light, we got it backwards and we're living in sin and we need to change that. Maybe this morning. Maybe you've been sitting around jealous of someone else's blessing. That's so easy to do, isn't it? Because we want, you know, we're, we're humans and we want, we, we, we have wants. You know, uh, and we, we work on that a lot in our house sometimes because so-and-so has such and such and such and such. I don't care. I, you know, no, you're not getting a cell phone. Sorry. When you're 25, I'll get you a cell phone. <laughs> That's where we're at right now. I don't care what everybody else says. They can have that blessing. You're not getting that blessing. Maybe you've been stuck in a rut because you feel someone else has a blessing that you need. It's time to let that go. God wants to bless you. We just have to have the right attitude towards those blessings. Maybe this morning you've never known Jesus as your Savior. Maybe you're still on the outside looking in and man, you want to be on the inside because you 
you don't want just the crumbs. You want to be part of the meal. You want to be part of the wedding feast of the Lamb. You want to be there. Now's the time. You just walk behind and say, Brother Troy, I want to know Jesus, so we'll go from there. Maybe you have some other need. Maybe you want to serve the missions or ministry. Maybe you want to join this church membership. Maybe, maybe there's something else that I hadn't even brought up. You want to pray the altars open. Wherever you're at, whatever you need, give it to Him. You pray. Father God, we come to you right now. We thank you. We praise you for your blessing.